Indeed, we're um, ploughing our way through our Love Exposed uh, series. We're number three today, Sacrificial Love. Let's get our bearings again. It's been a couple of weeks since we uh, talked about or thought about what we're thinking of in this whole journey. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. Love is the way that God behaves. Everything about what God does is motivated, is an example of, is by definition and virtue of who God is, an act of love. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. And so we ask ourselves, what is this love like? And John, when he's writing at the end, he's coming to the end of his life and he's writing away, reflecting on this life that God's called us to live. And he says, well, do you know what? When we think about what our love is to be like, we can't go any further. We need not go outside the person of Jesus Christ. This is love and how God showed his love. He showed his love among us by sending his one and only son that we might live through him. Jesus is the example, is the reality, is the worked outness of how we are to love. Dear friends, since God loved us, so we ought to love one another. So, we've been thinking about Jesus. What was his love like in order to help us understand what our love should be like? Because when I say I love, I love chocolate and I love my kids. I I love whatever it is. What do we mean by that? And we've been thinking about how Jesus showed incredible acts of compassion and tenderness. His heart was incredibly soft. He felt the pain and the needs of others. We've also seen how Jesus' love on times was rock hard, really tough, very forthright and passionate and direct in the way he challenged people because he loved them so much. And so we've had this tough and this tender love going side by side. Turn just for a moment to someone around you and uh, and just answer that question. What examples are there in your life over these last few weeks of when you've been tender and when you've needed to be tough? Because that's the kind of love Jesus calls us to go. It might not be particularly easy to answer. Uh, certainly it will be easier, I suspect, to think of examples of tender love uh, normally. Or if you've got kids, you'll be able to think of tough love quite a lot. Uh, but to be able to talk with ease about both of them is something that we need to strive for, whatever our circumstance and our context. Today we take it just one step further and begin to think about this aspect of Jesus' life and love that was sacrificial. You see, there's a sense in which sometimes when we love, it's easy. And it demands almost nothing of us. When Jesus healed people, it only took a moment of his time. It would appear that there was little sacrifice from him involved in that 
process. When he fed large crowds because he had compassion on them, it didn't seem to take much stress from him. He seemed to be able to do that quite easily and naturally. With a word, he cast out demons. With a touch, he healed blind people. With a command, even the dead were raised. So where's the sacrifice? Well, the Bible puts it like this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Without even thinking about the cross for a moment, the sacrifice for Jesus was simply being there when he needed not to have been there. The fact that he was there on a cold, windswept hillside in a grotty part of the known world is sacrifice enough for the God of heaven and earth. The fact that he would be in the very present, same street as the leper and the the, the deformed and the crippled and the lame was in itself sacrifice enough. He is, the Bible tells us, the image of the invisible God. The, the firstborn, Paul's writing and he's saying, look, you can't even imagine how big he is. Think about how big he is and he's bigger than that. It doesn't matter whether there are thrones or powers. It doesn't matter whether you can see them or whether you can't. It doesn't matter whether it's the world that you can see or the unknown world that you can't see. God is bigger than all of that stuff. And yet he was there with the sinner and the tax collector Yet he was there washing the disciples' feet who would let him down and even downright reject him. He was there holding the hand of a dying man. He was there. The sacrifice so often is in being there. I want you to think about the context in where you choose to love. We're very choosy where we love. We're particular about where we want to find ourselves. And yet the amazing challenge of a God who left all of that for all of this is the sacrifice of love that finds itself in the most unlikely of places. And when Linda read from Philippians chapter 2, it gives us the very heart of all of this. The Bible says that Jesus emptied himself of everything that he knew of life in heaven, except love. As we sing, and can it be emptied himself of all but love. Sacrifice is that moment when we empty of self and find ourselves in a place or an action that we would not of ourselves have chosen to be in. How sacrificial is our love? So there are times to be tender and times to be tough. But now we're thinking about the places we might be called to love like that, that cause us to empty ourselves of the things that we might regard as being important. It's the exact opposite of everything this world tells you to do. It doesn't matter what philosophy you follow in this life, it's all about self. 
The philosophy of Greece would be to be wise and therefore know yourself, or of Rome historically, to be strong and therefore discipline yourself. Religion says be good and conform yourself to a certain way, or, or, and so we could go on. Education, be resourceful and expand yourself. Psychology, be confident and assert yourself. Pride says be superior and promote yourself. Asceticism says be lowly and suppress yourself. Humanism says be capable and believe in yourself. Legalism, be pious and limit yourself. Philanthropy says be generous and find yourself. The focus is always on me, my, my rights, my, myself. If I do this, what will be the positive outcome for self? And it's so ingrained in us, I will even talk about that before I finish this message because it feels in our psyche if we don't justify difficult behavior uh, by spelling out the benefits that it gives to us, we won't even do it. We're that selfish. We're that caught up in ourselves that in order to be encouraged to do something, I need to be sold why it will be of benefit to me. And Jesus says, no, there's something totally different. You've got to get your heads and your lives around. What would it mean to empty of self? To deny self? I don't mean some weird mysticism of emptying. Don't do that because the dark powers of this world will fill every empty space you offer them. You see, Jesus said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny self, take up cross and follow me. So where is it today that you're denying self and so to honour Jesus? See, there would be no issues in any of our marriages if we'd learnt to deny self. Would there? The only issue is because self gets in the way. Think about all your other relationships and the way in them self so naturally asserts itself. Parents know something of giving up self. Sometimes not because they've chosen to, but because it came as an awful shock that that's all you can do if you want to survive. And Jesus says in all our relationships, in all our relationships, we need to lay down self. 1 John 3.16. So John 3.16 is what God did, okay? 1 John 3.16 is what we should do. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. Just a reminder of John 3.16. And we ought to lay down our lives for one another. I don't want to do that. Do you? Really? Really? You're making me feel very lonely. <laughs> you see, it's, it's just different to everything that we've been fed in our lives. And we need a work in our hearts that, that does something phenomenally different. You see, we don't believe it, but sacrifice brings joy. 
In fact, there were, uh, uh, Paul writes about how he, he, um, you know, he, he doesn't covet stuff anymore. Why? Because he's got to this place where he can be content in everything. And he's got to this place where he's discovered for himself that it's more blessed to give than to receive. And it reminded me of uh, uh, some verses in the Gospels where the disciples are going, man, haven't we given up enough yet? Ever felt like that? Ever said to Jesus, haven't I gone through enough yet? Haven't I set aside enough? And, uh, and, uh, and, and God says, no, not until you've given everything. Everything. As the Father has loved me, so I love you. Now remain in my love. Sacrifice will bring joy. Secondly, sacrifice will bring life. Sacrifice will bring life. Whoever loses his life, will find it. Whoever loses his life will find it. And in the end, it's the only hope for the world. That's that verse I was talking about. They go, we've left everything. Give us a break. Give us a break. We've left everything to follow you. What then will there be for us? Will it be worth it? That's what they're asking. If I, if I give up my life for Jesus, will it be worth it? What, what do I get? See how self is there all the time? What will I get? Well, the genius of God's grace and God's mercy is that you'll get heaven's reward. You'll get life now deeper and more sustaining and more vibrant than you've ever imagined and the life to come that will never spoil or fade. But it means letting go. What, 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 what if I let go of houses and brothers and children? It's just basically their way of saying, what if I let go of all, all the things that make up my life and I, I stop clinging to them like they, 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 they make up who I am? What if I let go of all of those things? I get something. Life eternal. But I want to end with a couple of warnings. You can't do this in your own strength. It, you, can't, you, you can't do this in your own strength. Not at all. And the thing is, when, when we're told that we've got to sacrifice, it just makes us feel guilty because we can't. And that's why Jesus, even Jesus got up every day and he got connected with the God who gives so that he could. And we'll never make it our own strength. And so what we tend to do, so what we tend to do is go for a version of this that looks like the real thing, but it's not. Because the second thing that you need to know is that you've got to love yourself to do it. That sounds weird. Paradox extreme. So what we tend to do is that we sacrifice so that we'll feel good about the sacrifice and then we'll be able to reassure ourselves that we're okay because we've made the sacrifice. So what we're not confident in is God's love for us. And what we're not confident in then is our love for ourselves. So we keep on trying to earn it. If only I sacrifice a bit more, then somehow I'll be able to earn that sense that God loves me and I love myself. That is a very, very emotionally draining way to live. And it's probably why Christians in the main are very miserable people. Yeah, someone was going to applaud. Yeah, amen. I think that's it. 
Because we know we've got a sacrifice, so we do it, and it comes out of this empty place. Anyone know what I'm talking about? We can't do it out of that place. It looks like the real deal, but it's not. And inside we're breaking. We need Jesus. We need Jesus. And so in all the time that we've got left, we're going to break bread, drink wine, worship together, because we need Jesus. And we need him to work the sacrifice that he has already given into our lives, that I might let go of the things that I cling to in order to hold on to the things that will always keep hold of me. Let's be still for a moment.